Hello, friends, and welcome to Missed Conceptions. I'm your host, David White, and this intro segment is being recorded three years after the original release of this episode because the original intro sucked and went on too long because I just rambled. But anyways, welcome to Misconceptions. Misconceptions is an actual play podcast of the City of Mist RPG system created by Son of Oak. This is a system that my friends and I love very dearly, and it is versatile and wonderful. And if you are wondering what the content of this show will be, it is a noir detective-flavored story with fairy tales and mythological creatures thrown in. Basically, the premise of the story is our characters live in a modern-day city that is populated by people who are rifts. They are uh, somehow connected to these ancient stories. And these stories, well, they want to be told. And so they manifest portions of themselves, I guess manifestations of their powers and their story through these different people so that their separate agendas can be reached. For example, the mythos or the story of King Arthur could choose a bookish lad to manifest through. Then the bookish lad is caught between a struggle of his logos, which is his real life, everyday world, and his mythos, the mythos, the story of King Arthur. And he must choose whether he continues down the path that he knows or explores this mysterious new power manifesting inside of him. City of Mist is best whenever your Logos and your Mythos are pitted against each other. And as the MC, the Masters of Ceremonies, it is my job to put the main characters in situations where they must choose between their Logos and their Mythos, and sometimes even their relationships with one another. Now, I cannot go too much further without saying that the first part of Season 1 of Misconceptions was recorded largely before the core rulebook for City of Mist was released. All we had to go on was the starter set, and we may do with what we had, so if you are listening to this in the future, uh, you might find that some of the rules aren't quite right and our interpretations of them may differ from yours. But... Trust us that we eventually get there, the core rulebook does eventually come out, and we start representing the rules of misconceptions in a better way. But even with our occasional rule flubbing, this is still a great podcast with a group of characters that are diverse and well-developed, and the story focuses on their relationships with one another, their relationships with their mythos, and an overarching conspiracy that threatens to undo everything they know. I will also mention that whenever we started making misconceptions, our understanding of audio equipment was very limited, and so the first three episodes of misconceptions might not be great audio quality, but just like with the rules, we quickly improve, and we get there. Now that is everything you need to know about misconceptions. I hope that you are ready to get into the city, to learn about these characters, to love these characters, to weep with them, to be angry with them, Maybe even die with them. I mean, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know how connected you get with the characters and the stories you listen to and read and whatnot and whatever. But anyways, without further ado, episode one of Misconceptions.
the city. A mashed up combo of the old world and the new. Of the mundane and the mystical. By day, this city is everything it seems. A city with tower and skyscrapers. Potholes that never seem to stay fixed. And stiffs and ties and dames and high heels. But at night, the real nature of the city comes out. At night, the shifty-eyed stalker becomes a creature with dripping claws and a maw full of teeth. At night, cars roll down the streets with no one in the driver's seat. But when morning comes, nobody can remember how the night really went. They remember through a fog, or more appropriately, a mist. No one knows where the mist came from or its true nature. In fact, most everyone in the city doesn't even know the mist exists. The mist doesn't just cover up either. It affects everything and everyone in the city. Changing up, warping up. Most of those affected by the mist, they take what the mist gives them to turn a profit or pursue selfish gains. But there are some, just a few, that fight the good fight. They put their necks on a line to protect the city from the nefarious ne'er-do-wells. It's not always easy. In fact, it never is. But these legends don't surrender. This is a story of a few of those legends. Their story needs to be told, and it needs to be heard. Ba 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 da da. Wait. Ba 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 ba. Copyrighted. All right, let's go around and meet the players who will be in misconceptions. Let's start with the handsome fellow to my right, Jaime Torres. Who are you? And tell us just a little bit about who you are going to be playing today. Bill is <clears throat> somebody who has been sober for all of two days. Um, he constantly struggles with that. He misses his wife and son because they aren't around at the moment. Um, and he works for some pretty shady characters whenever he's not dealing cards at the casino. Okay. And let's move on to uh, Zach. Zach, who are you going to be playing? Uh, my character is Rin Pascal. He is a uh, up-and-coming software engineer and also f- frequently hacks and hacks into city networks and things like that. So mm-hmm. uh, he just recently had an accident where someone ran him over with their car and woke up in some strange facility. So he's trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Tessa, let's move on to you. Uh, who are you playing? I'm playing Faye Carver, and she is a teacher who's really passionate about social justice. Um, she's also searching for her long-lost love, and she has a really strong connection to nature. Okay. And the prettiest member of our table, Carrie, uh, who are you playing? Uh, my character's name is Esther Black. Um, I recently lost my father, um, and I've now taken over um, the bar that he owned, Morty's, um, and I am just trying to run the business and kind of figure out what life is like now that dad is gone. 
The scene opens up to a landscape shot of a city. There is mist rising up from in between the buildings. Uh, there's grates in the sidewalk that this mist keeps billowing out of. There are towering skyscrapers, a bustling downtown district. And as the camera begins to zoom into the city, we see people getting ready for their day, going to work. The sun is just breaking over the cityscape and um, casting long shadows and light into the city and we see just people walking about going to their jobs but as these people walk through the mist uh, their shadows portray a different silhouette than the figure we just saw uh, one person walks through the mist and we see uh, angelic wings sprouting from their back and uh, the briefcase that they were holding now looks like a, a sword and a shield is in their other hand in another location, we see a group of kids on their way to school, and as they pass through the mist, uh, we see their knees are twisted backwards, and uh, they have more of an animalistic uh, look, but then when they pass out on the other side of the mist, all you see is these uh, this group of kids with backpacks and hoodies going to school. And as the camera continues to zoom through and we see all these warped visages and we see all these people going to work, uh, we hear a very faint alarm going off in the distance. And the camera kind of zooms up to the second story apartment building and it goes through the grimy window uh, through these curtains that are pulled very tightly and we see the figure of a man lying in bed and an alarm clock going off right next to the bed. Jaime, Tell me, what does your character do uh, as he hears this alarm going off right next to him? Well, <clears throat> he has some stubble going on and some major bedhead. And he hits snooze the first time the alarm goes off. Because that's just the kind of guy Bill is. Okay. And then he hits snooze two more times. Looks at the alarm clock. Says... Oh, shoot. And then hurriedly runs to the bathroom, brushes his teeth while combing his hair, and runs out of the door while grabbing his shirt. Okay. And uh, do we notice anything uh, interesting or different about his uh, physical appearance? I'm, of course, referring to the tattoos that are all across your body. I mean, it's normalized to him, but yeah. I mean, oh, he, yeah. he's just... Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's always wearing long sleeve shirts to try to cover up his... His tats that are sleeved from, I mean, literally the top of his hand to the tops of his feet. Yeah. Does it go kind of across his chest, his back, or is it just can on his arms? No, no, no. It's, it's all uh, along his body. Okay. Okay. Um, and how did you say he dressed? What did he, what he put on and all that? Uh, usually wears blue jeans, boots, long sleeve, plaid shirts. And a cowboy hat because he works in a western themed casino. Okay, we'll go ahead and skip ahead to you arriving at work. You drive your car down to work and uh, you arrive at a building and usually all of the fountains would be going and all of the uh, lights would be flashing at nighttime, but this is during the morning and so none of that is happening. But there is a sign above the door that says uh, the Golden Flamingo Casino. You walk in through the double doors, you see some janitors. It's very quiet, just the janitors kind of picking up trash from last night's shift. You see some dealers already at their tables, already at their venues, and they are wearing long sleeve shirts and similar western themes to what you are wearing. And you also see the hints of tattoos, very similar to yours, poking out from underneath their clothing. 
And as you're walking over to your table, uh, you hear the PA system go ding dong, and you hear a very familiar voice over the PA system. Bill, could I uh, see you in my office, please? Uh, what do they want this time? <sighs> and so I start heading towards the second floor where I'm sure this person is. Okay, you climb the uh, the flight of stairs and you go up to your boss's office. There's a very double ornate doors with silver handles and the, the handles are shaped like skulls. And you thought this was very odd whenever you started working here, but uh, you've kind of grown accustomed to placing your hands on these skulls like you do right now. You grab the skull, you twist the door, and you go into the office. The office is a very open space, a, a velvet carpet, very nice, very lush, and there is a large window that covers one entire wall, and it allows your boss to look out on the show floor, on the casino floor, to see everything that's happening and to keep an eye on all his employees. Your boss is, in fact, standing right there next to the window with his back turned to you. He's wearing all black, uh, and uh, he's perfectly silhouetted against the light of the casino. And without even turning to you, he uh, he begins to talk to you. <sighs> you smell that, Bill? That's the smell of a new day and the promise of profits and suckers. And he turns from the window and goes to his desk and eases himself down into his, his giant chair. Uh, and you notice that around his neck he has a bolo tie. Uh, you, you notice this, but the audience notices this for the first time. Uh, and instead of a Lone Star Texas or some Western-themed thing that you would usually find on a bolo tie, instead it is a silver skull. He looks at you, he looks you up and down, he says, Do you have a good night, Bill? Yeah, it's good enough. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that I uh, always want to take care of you. His desk is just a mess. Uh, it has... Uh, just a pile of unsorted chips on the left side but then on the right side all these chips are kind of stacked up very high stacks of these tokens uh, and he kind of adjusts his bolo tie and uh, leans back in his chair and says uh, so Bill uh, how did last night go how did your uh, assignment go last night about as well as you'd expect it to go I mean I tried to do what you asked. They weren't home. I went to the where the trail led me. I talked to, to their neighbors. I talked to their acquaintances. And nothing turned up. Uh, and I don't know what you want from me. Well, Bill, that's a bit disappointing. Uh, I, uh, I trust you to do things. And uh, when you don't do them, well, uh, he, takes a, he takes a token off his desk. And he starts rubbing uh, the outside of it. He says, uh. You see, come come here, come here real quick, Bill. I I stand in the same spot. Okay. He uh he keeps rubbing the outside of it. He says, Do you see the ridges on this this chip token? Yeah. Well, uh whenever you bring in a uh, a chip token, I can usually tell quite a bit about the the person it belonged to. You see, the more varied, the more long a life a person has had, uh the more ridges in the token. Now, as you can see right here, I have lots of tokens. Some are, some have ridges. Some don't have very many. 
but it's just a reminder, Bill, of how we're just a big old mixture of our life experiences. Isn't that right, Bill? I suppose so. Okay. Well, uh, why don't you go ahead and go to your station, get everything ready for the day. Uh, I'll see you at closing. All right. As I walk out, I'm just like, such a prick. <laughs> and then we're going to cut to uh, Faye. Uh, Faye, it is um, morning time during the week. Um, kids are coming off the bus, getting out of um, their parents' cars. Uh, I guess I should ask, what uh, what grades do you, does Faye teach? Uh, she teaches third. Okay, third. Okay. Um, yeah, so they're, they're younger kids kind of getting off. Uh, the bus, everybody's running in. You're, uh, tell us, what does what does Faye do on a, a normal morning before school? Sure. So Faye gets up like solid two hours before she has to be there. And she always has her garden in her um, apartment. And her apartment has a balcony that like looks out onto the city. So she's got this garden there. And she goes and she takes a good like handful of flowers every morning and puts together her flower crown for the day every single morning and so she cuts each of the flowers and but it's a nice thin one it's not like an obnoxious one that's like huge on her head it's just like a small little headband and then she does that and she waters her plants and takes care of them and then she usually puts on a for like school she usually wears like a long flowy type dress um with like a jean jacket over it and then she grabs her school badge and her bag and goes to school and then at school she always goes into her room and she also has plants everywhere in her room and so she's got lots of windows um which is very unusual because you know most teachers don't so she had to ask specifically for Uh those windows and then she's got all of her plants set up and she takes care of them all in the morning so that the kids feel refreshed when they walk into her room. Okay. Okay. So are you, you're inside your room? Sorry, your yeah. Kids? Yeah. Okay. Um, so the kids are all filing in. Everybody's coming in. Uh, it is almost time for the bell to ring. In fact, the bell does ring uh, and uh, little Timmy is running up into the door. He is missing his backpack yet again. Uh, and as you're just about to get onto him or correct him for not having his backpack, you see a man run around the corner, and he is wearing a green hood. Uh, he runs around the corner, runs up, and he says, Hey, hey, Timmy, Timmy, Timmy! Uh, and your your heart starts to beat a little quicker. Uh, you've never seen this man before. You kind of lock eyes with him, and he says, uh, uh, oh, uh, Hi, Miss, uh, just, just giving my son his, his backpack. Oh, hi. Um, hi, I'm Mrs. Kava. Um... Uh, honey, we, we, we gotta be going. And you see a, a woman step around the corner, kind of motioning for uh, this green hooded man to uh, come. And he says, uh, oh, oh, uh, nice, nice to meet you, Miss Porter. Uh, uh, I uh, gotta, gotta go. Now he uh, kind of runs down the It's, the it's Kava. Thanks. Yeah, and disappears around the corner. Okay. Okay. Okay, Timmy. Um, let's, let's go find a seat. Come on. Okay. So you help Timmy find a seat. Um, tell us. Kind of what uh, what do you do at the beginning of class? Um, so she sits all of the kids down, and um, we start with a writing prompt. And so she stands up and she's like, "Okay, kids, let's get out our journals for the day. Um, we're gonna go ahead and start and talk today about what your favorite animal is 
And if you could be any animal in the world, which one would you be and why? So all the kids pull out their journals and they start writing furiously about their favorite animal. They're very attentive class. Yeah, that must that must be really <laughs> nice. That's such an attentive class. It does everything you say. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so as as all these kids are uncharacteristically writing furiously <laughs> in their journals, um, you see one kid. Um, uh, we'll say his name is John, um, and you have noticed. Well, John has come to school before with bruises on his face. Um, you have had conferences with his dad um, that is pretty much always smelling of alcohol when he comes to the meetings. Um, you're not certain that it's abuse, but all signs kind of point to that. Um, so you've had conversations with this, this man about Johnny's bruises in the past, and he's just kind of shrugged it off and said, you know, he's, he's a clumsy boy, and I don't, I don't know, I can't, whatever. He does what he wants. Um, but you think maybe it is time for you to have a, uh, a face-to-face meeting with this man outside of the uh, school building. If you, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and then we will transition out of the classroom uh, to a room that is much more messy. And uh, there is just a desk with all these journals and papers and uh, pictures all scattered across the desk and uh, we see a woman with just her head down on her arms laying on this desk there's a a knock at the door and Esther uh, wakes up Uh, you've fallen asleep uh, during one of your long nights of research again Uh, kind of explain what does a what does your office space look like Um, so I've got um, my computer set up uh, at the corner of my desk and um, there's papers just kind of everywhere um, from invoices for the bar to um, uh, there's pictures of my dad over the years Um, I've got his um, little black book with information um, that I've been reading through and um, lots of scribbled notes kind of everywhere every little piece of paper has some kind of note um it's organized chaos i know where everything is but somebody just coming in would not understand it okay um so you kind of kind of wake up uh rub your face uh can't believe you fell asleep again uh, you hear a knock at the door again uh, uh miss black um uh, are, are are you in there miss black oh uh, i'm i'm here Oh, uh, all right. This is uh, this is John. No, I already used John, didn't I? Um, shoot, pop James. <laughs> James. Okay. Uh, this is this is James. Uh, I'm just here to get ready for the day, and uh, I I needed help finding where the gas valve is. I can't I can't start the fryer up again. Something's messed up with it. Well, fire and alcohol don't really go together, so um, I'll have to be careful with that. Um, I'll, no, I'm, the, I'll, I'm, uh, I'm the cook. I'm going to make the burgers. <laughs> I don't serve the alcohol. That's you. That's fair. Okay? I'm just learning that we make burgers. I forget that we have that part. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm learning the other half of the business here. <laughs> um, I'll be out in a minute. Just um, I just need a minute. Yeah, okay, yeah. 
uh, he uh, you hear his footsteps walk off. I gather up uh, all of the papers and the notes and um, stuff them into the drawer um, off to the side. Um, and I stack up all of the invoices and things. Um, I close out of the um, searches that I was in. Um, and I uh, go to um, the little, there's a small wardrobe in the corner and uh, pull out one of my uh, work shirts. It's not really a uniform, but um, it's just what dad always kind of wore. So um, I pull on a fresh pair of jeans and um, button up a flannel shirt. Okay. Um, so jeans and a flannel shirt? Yeah. And then you uh, kind of open the door and you hear uh, James <laughs> from the kitchen uh, Oh man, I turned it on too much. I'm coming. Alright, and with that, we will transition to the uh, the next scene. Um, uh, I'll just say, Ren, describe what your uh, your former fledgling business looked like and uh, what it what it looks like now. Well, the a business originally was like two stories of cubicles of okay. just like workers and stuff, and I had this huge glass office and all the prestige of like where I graduated college and um, all these awards that I've received for just being incredibly intelligent in the technological world. Um, and then after the accident, I, um, as, as Ren, I just like lost everything. I couldn't remember anything about my business. Um, my VP bought, bought me out and you know, is now leading the company. So now my business is in this like random shady part of town. There's like two or three cubicles. They're all, there's just like papers everywhere. And I've got this small office in a corner that has this tiny like window, just like a circle window up at the top mm -hmm. that just like shines in little, little spatters of light. And you can't, you probably can't even look through it because it's no. so high up. Okay. No, it's it's like as, as if you're on a boat and it's just like that tiny, okay. tiny kind of hole in the boat. Um, so the light comes through and then at like 3 o'clock I can't see anything anymore. Um, okay. So I walk in to my office and turn on the lights and they flicker, go off, and then they turn back on. Okay. And I'm like, alright guys. Alright guys, we're about to start a great work day. It's going to be amazing. I promise. Will be a big business just like it was last time. I think I really can't remember, but it's gonna be amazing. I promise. So, is there anyone in the office with you? There's like one guy, and he like looks over. Uh, who are who are you talking to? I'm talking to you. Where's Where's Bill and Joe? Uh, I think they quit last week, man. I'm the only one here. Well, I'll stick with you, William. Whatever. That's right. My name is William. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta work on some like non-white names. <laughs> I, just, names now. I thought all of them were gonna be apostles. That was Peter, Peter, John, and Luke. We'll so. go with Pablo on that one. <laughs> okay, okay. The name of the business. Hey, Pablo. Sons, sons of How are you Thunder. Doing? Uh, I'm I'm good. What are we What are we doing today? Are we unpacking more boxes? <clears throat> I thought we packed on. Unpacked all the boxes. Didn't, no. didn't, the other, didn't the other guys do it? No? No, man, they quit last week. <laughs> like, I've literally been unpacking boxes this entire week by myself. 
Well, I'm just I'm just gonna go to my office. You unpack the rest of the boxes and just let me know when you're done, and I'll give you some kind of work or something. Sure thing, Mister Pascal. And he gets up from his cubicle and goes over to the other cubicle where all the boxes have been stashed. <laughs> Starts unpacking them. Um, what a you go into your office. What does your your office kind of look like? The office there's just like a small desk. It's a rectangular desk, um, but it, the tech on the desk doesn't match where, where we're at. There's like a high-tech laptop, um, and it's just beautifully designed. And then I've got two desktops um, just sitting on the side just in case I need them. And then I've got like these Wi-Fi routers, and um, there's all type of just like random tech spilled out everywhere. There's like this random fan that's sitting on the floor that I've got to do something with. There's like a motherboard that's just like chilling on my desk that there's some tools scattered around it that I'm tinkering with. Um, okay. So, and then I just like grab the laptop that's just sitting in the middle and open it up. Okay. Um, where, or how do you kind of conduct your uh, extracurricular activities? Do you have like a, a conspiracy board somewhere or like a, a hidden panel? Yes, I open a drawer in the desk and I type a code into the side that you can't see mm -hmm. um, and then I do a thumbprint and then a retinal scanner pops up out of my desk okay. scans my eyes and then there's like a small like just it's even like a cubby not even like a huge space because the uh, building's just super small and then I just kind of like walk into it and it's just like a four foot by four foot okay. cubby that I've got okay so just a little little closet kind of kind of describe what uh what's in this closet so there's a giant cork board that i've just got set up of there's different lines going everywhere in the middle um it's a bad drawing of what i can remember of this accident okay. and where i was and i can't even remember the street names but i've got this picture of an accident and what the car kind of looked like um and then I've got a couple pictures of this weird medical facility that I woke up in. Um, and then there's a picture of an x-ray because I felt like something was wrong with my head. So I went to the doctor and the doctor was just surprised by what was in my head. So I had to kind of pay him off so he wouldn't tell anyone. Uh, so there's like a picture of my brain and like half of it's just my regular brain and the other half is like metal. Um, and then I've got like a list of abilities and stuff where I can... Um, we're basically like I'm a human computer. I can process things faster than my laptops and computers can. Um, I, for some reason, can connect to, like, I'm just a live wireless hub. And then I've also um, just got all this, like, extra memory storage of I can, once I see something, I just remember it for always and can pop it up and okay. even touch something and that image will appear on whatever computer I'm near. You pick up a, a piece of paper that was kind of just laying on one of the shelves next to the, uh, the cork board that you have, and you take one of your pins and your lines and you put it down in the corner and you pin this um, picture there. Or it's not a picture, it's just a, a piece of paper with some writing on it. And it says, a, a drug dealer meeting happening tonight at 7. And uh, you remember that you have been uh, researching lately. Uh, there's just uh, there's been a new drug on the streets. 
uh, no one really knows where it's come from, and in fact, uh, very few people in the city know about it. Uh, the police have been kind of covering it up, uh, but because of your hacking and everything, you have kind of dug out uh, that this is being covered up, and this drug is very strange because uh, after the high, uh, the people that take the drug get very violent and very bestial. Uh, and so there's been a lot of uh, grisly attacks and uh, grislier murders that have been happening uh, in relation to this drug. And so you've kind of been researching it. Uh, and you have finally found that a dealer connected to this drug is going to be having some sort of cell going down at 7 um, tonight. And so you kind of, you kind of remember all that. And, uh, then you hear, uh, Pablo, was his name Pablo? Yeah. You hear Pablo knocking on your door and he jiggles a handle. Of course you locked it. Um, and Pablo says, uh, uh, hey, we, uh, we got some computers in here. Uh, we don't really have any space for them. So I was kind of needing to know what you wanted to do with them. Do we want to eBay them or what? Pablo, I'm busy right now. Just to set them down somewhere. We'll make some cubicles or something. And you, you hear on the other side of the door, man, there's no one to set them down. <laughs> and he just walks away. Um, all right, so uh, we zoom out of that. And um, we go to the Golden Flamingo. Um, and uh, Bill, you are wrapping up your shift. Uh, you've only had a few people in. Uh, your boss, Jeremiah, is his name. I didn't tell you that earlier. But Jeremiah is usually only has you. Yeah, he's a bullfrog. <laughs> <laughs> he used to be a bullfrog. Um, and now he's a good friend of yours. Uh, and mine. He's <laughs> not. Uh, but anyways, uh, Jeremiah only has you work during the day in the casino. And at night, he sends you out to um, make collect house calls. His, date. <laughs> his dates. Collect his debts. Yeah, to make house calls. Um, and so you, you clock out and you report to Jeremiah's office as usual. Uh, you see the unsorted mess of tokens come in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeremiah's sitting at his desk. You see the unsorted pile of tokens has uh, been sorted and that those towers of tokens on the right side of his desk have gotten taller. Um, and he looks up and says, Ah, Bill, uh, I have your new assignment for tonight reaches under his desk and pulls out a manila envelope and he slaps it down on the desk in front of him. You open up the manila folder and you see the dossier on tonight's target. Uh, there's a picture paper clip to the dossier and it is a man with disheveled white hair and big horn rim glasses on his face. He's kind of shrimpy looking. There's no street address but there is a list of known associates and you could probably track him down by talking to these associates. So you look it over, and then you close it, and Jeremiah says to you, Now, Bill, this ain't gonna be like last night with the old lady mishap. You're gonna find this dude quick and quiet. You're gonna take him out quick, and you're gonna bring him here quicker. I don't want any noise about this, Bill. You understand me? I think so. Good, good. Uh, now, uh, go do your job, Bill. And he gets back to sorting the tokens. At your leisure. Faye, it is after school. All the kids have gone home. Uh, and you have uh, found yourself at a pub downtown uh, called Morty's. Uh, this is where... Uh, what was his name? Was it Little Johnny? 
John? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little uh, Timmy. No, Little Timmy no, was the one who yeah. forgot his backpack. Johnny is the one who's been hurt. Yeah. Yeah, Johnny, uh, this is where his dad usually hangs out uh, most days and evenings and mornings. Um, so, you're, you're at the front of Morty's. Okay. Um, so, I'm... I'm watching. I haven't seen him yet. Yeah. Um, and so I decided, you know what? In my spare time, I'm just going to go ahead and go on in okay. and get a drink. So I walk in and I sit down at the bar. And I mean, it's like early, right? It's like four o'clock. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, there are some guys in there. Uh, not really anybody doing any hard drinking yet. Uh, just they're kind of there to get kind of burgers and nachos and stuff like that. Okay. So I sit down at the bar. Okay. Um, Esther, somebody, uh, a new customer, sat down at your bar. Uh, you don't, you don't recognize her. She hasn't been here before. Name's Esther. Hi, hi. I'm I'm Faye Kava. What can I get you? Oh, you're friendly. Um, <laughs> can I get? Um, I guess. Do you have? Do you have like fish and chips at all? Let me see what we can get from the back. Okay, thank thank you. James, I need fish and chips. James James's face appears in the uh kind of like the cubby window in between the kitchen and the bar and he says, "What?" Just take the fish off the fish sandwich. Uh-huh. Give me some french fries on the side. Put some malt vinegar in there. Yeah, okay. And he disappears, and you hear him. Man, she just makes up items sometimes. I don't even know why we're serving this stuff. <laughs> That'll be out in a minute. Can I get you a drink? Um, uh, I'll, I'll let you decide. You don't come to bars much, do you? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm a third grade teacher. And you came here because you had a rough day? You know, something like that. Third grade's gotten a lot rougher than when I was there. So, have you ever seen a... I'm turned around mixing the drink at this point. But okay. Have you ever seen a man who I don't know what he looks like, actually? Hey, yes, <laughs> I've uh, seen okay. a man before, thank you. I've seen a man of nondescript appearance <laughs> with an undetermined name. He frequents this place. <laughs> Have you ever seen a, a big man, kind of burly, with dark hair and obviously works out too much and obviously drinks too much, so he's got the beer gut and five o'clock shadow? I don't, I don't know. He looks like any other white male. Well, uh, I hate to break it to you. Um, I work at a bar, and you just described about half my clientele. Great, um, great. So That's fantastic. Um, um, oh, you know what? He has. He has a tattoo on his forearm. It's it's a knife and a snake. Knife and a snake. Yeah, I've, I've uh, seen that one. Does he come here often? Pretty regularly. Daily, nightly. Great. Well, I will be hanging out here till he shows up, so. I, uh... I'm sorry, are you meeting him or, like... I just have some business to take care of with him. Is he expecting you? Is anybody expecting anyone? 
I'm just saying, he doesn't seem like the type that wants to meet people he's not expecting to meet. Yeah, well, I didn't say he was going to be happy about seeing me. Look, I don't put up with bar fights, and you're a third grade teacher, so I don't think there's much you could do. I've got it under control. Thanks, though. Here's your drink. Thanks. She takes a sip and, like, barely can get it down because she, like, doesn't drink often. And so, like, it hits the back of her throat and it, like, burns. And she's like, oh, gosh. <laughs> and she, like, sips the rest of it down. It's like, it's, it's fantastic. Thanks. You are really talented. James, you got that fish and chips yet? Uh, yeah, I guess. And he hands out just <laughs> a couple of fish sticks with a bag of chips on the side. <laughs> There's a fish and chips, our new specialty. James, this is not what I said. We'll talk about it later. Here's your fish and chips. Oh, thanks. Dear Lord, why did I come to America? Because <laughs> there uh, are no cats in America. <laughs> Faye, Faye and Esther are having a lovely time inside Morty's. Some time passes, and... Uh, Ren, you have uh, closed down the shop. Pablo went home. Uh, you got dressed for tonight's activities. Uh, what what do you usually wear for your nightly workouts, I guess? Usually I'm just in black pants. I've got a dark hoodie on, the hood's up. Um, I've actually like pulled the strings a little bit and so that like no one can really see me. Um, and like with me, I've got like a, a small backpack that just has my laptop and some different technological devices so I can hack into people's phones and see what they're doing. Um, and then I've also got this, um, I've made this technology where it's basically an incapacitator gun. Mm -hmm. um, it looks like a small shotgun really. But so I've, I've got that on my side and I painted it black so it looks just like my pants so no one can see it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've also like created some glasses that kind of like look weird and techy. They're uh, blue, like a dark navy blue uh, mixed in with black. And so they look a little odd and I kind of tinker with them to make sure that I can zoom correctly and um, identify the drug deal going on from 100 feet away or so. Okay. Um, and so you have, you have come to the place where this, uh, this meeting is supposed to take place uh, and you see the um, you see the dealer that you've been looking for. Uh, he's kind of standing over in the alleyway, uh, and a younger guy kind of walks up. They exchange, give money, um, and once he has exchanged and done all that, he uh, gets in his car, or he goes to get in his car to drive away. Um, so I guess you could decide: do you want to get him now, or do you want to uh, follow him back to wherever he? Like his base of operations is basically. Um, I'm actually just gonna keep watching at a distance, and I've got just a little. Um, it's an electronic motorbike that doesn't make any noise. Okay. Um, that I made it myself, and it's powered by like vegetable oil, so like no one can hear oh, it. Very friendly. Yeah. yeah. Eco friendly. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so you're gonna follow this guy? Yeah. Okay. So you follow him, um, and let's go back to Morty's. Uh, Faye, you have seen uh, the man that you have come here to find. Uh, Robert, we'll name him, because I don't think y'all came up with the name. Uh, you don't like the name Robert? So many white names. No, I... 
Robert is my father's name. Okay. okay. <laughs> Not my actual father in the game. But. Bob. Yeah. Bobby, Bobby. Um, fine. Richard walks in. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> he has a mustache. <laughs> Richard walks in. And, um, he, uh, he nods to Esther. Esther, of course, this is a, a, a longtime patron of yours. Uh, he's pretty cordial, uh, always tips well. Uh, he goes to his usual sheet, his usual seat, and um, he kind of gives you the nod to give him the usual. Uh, Esther. I go over and fill up his um, pint. <laughs> We gotta research some bar like <laughs> Big drinkers. Is that can I give you like a crash course after? <laughs> um, uh, and I take it over to him. How's it going today, Richard? Uh, you know, just a, another day down at the docks. Uh, just give me a stiff one, keep him coming, uh, and a burger. And I want, I want that fish sandwich with the fish sticks in the middle. That stuff's nasty. Just give me a burger. <laughs> Got it. James, I need one burger. Okay, I know how to make those. <laughs> Grilling a burger. And lose the attitude. Faye, what do you do? Um, so I am staying where I am for now. Uh, I've kind of turned. So I'm sitting at the bar and he's like further down. So I've kind of turned so he doesn't see me because I don't want him to recognize me yet. I'm really hoping that he gets like, um, uh, <laughs> like a, solid like pint in before i go okay approach him so you're gonna wait a couple um pints. no not a couple pints because i need him sober i just need him to not like want to attack me um and so i like esther walks in front of me and i'm like hey esther yes that that's the guy Mm-hmm. does he look mad no more than usual. Great. Can you just, like, keep refilling? Like, I'll pay if I need to, but just, just like, keep refilling his drink. Yeah, that's what I do. Oh, good. Good. You know. Newbie in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. Great. Great. Oh, is she gonna be a regular? <laughs> Three okay. drinks, one or two fights. Okay. So, I <laughs> walk over and stand, pull up right, pull up, ma! <laughs> Just a ring <laughs> Okay, try again. Okay, so Faye gets up and she walks over to him and she like pulls up the bar stool right next to him. Hi, Richard, how you doing? Oh, Christ. Um, hello, Miss uh, Carver. Mm, great, you remember my name. Oh, it's such a pleasure to see you here. You go to bars? Yes, I do, actually. Me and Esther are besties. Are y'all good friends, too? He looks at Esther. What kind of face does Esther give him? She's got this blank stare on her face, and then she's like, besties. With a big old grin. Oh, yeah. Esther, dear. Oh, Faye. <laughs> she punches her in the arm a little harder than necessary oh it's such great friendship so um you know i was talking to johnny today and i noticed 
you know, he has another black eye. And I was just really curious how in the world he got two black eyes in one week. Yeah, we're, uh, we're trying out T-Ball, though. Not very coordinated. Oh, yes, yeah, T-Ball. I forgot that, you know, when you're swinging, you just hit yourself in the eye all the time. Yeah, you, uh, you gotta be real careful. Hmm. Yeah, and, you know, what else would he have to be real careful about? I don't know, maybe pissing off his dad? Can I help you with something, Miss Carver? I don't know, Richard. All I know is that Johnny keeps coming to school, all banged up. You're drunk. And I'm worried about the safety of a child. So why don't you tell me what's going on at home? I'm standing close enough to hear the conversation, but not to, like, look like I'm obviously, like, intently listening, and I'm just kind of like, what is she starting? But I'm also getting kind of prepared to step in if I need to, because it is my bar, and I can't have her screwing stuff up. Okay. I don't know what you're implying, Miss Carver, but you have about 15 other kids in your classroom, so why don't you worry about those 15 kids, and I'll worry about my kid, and I will raise him how I want to. Well, unfortunately, I get to worry about all the kids, and fortunately, we as a government get to decide a little bit about how you raise your kid. And so if something is going on, I get to have a say. Richard pulls himself up to his full height and he pulls back his arms and you can hear his bones popping and he he looks down at you menacingly and he says, Mrs. Carver, you need to get back to school before you get hurt. She stands up as well and straightens up. I'm not afraid of you, Richard. You should be. Let's cut. Ren, you have followed this man back uh, to a downtown warehouse. Uh, he kind of pulls his part, or pulls his car into an alleyway, gets out, it goes inside, uh, and on the second, you know, I'll say the first floor. The first floor of this warehouse, you see a very dim light come through one of the grimy windows. So I like look around. I'm like looking at my um, cybernetic lenses, also like check for heat signatures. All you right. see, you see people in. Or I guess fuzzy images and different yeah. houses and stuff. Yeah. But nobody else is in the warehouse. Yeah, just people milling around their own houses. Yeah. So I like find just an alley and I like set my bike and I've got a cover in my backpack that I throw over that just reflects it so no one even sees that it's there. Okay. Um, so I look around again. I don't see anybody. So I like dash over uh, to the warehouse um, and then I can try so like peek in one of the just dirty windows. Like, peek in, look around, like, rub it, try to get the dirt out of the way. There is only one guy in there. And he's just, he's moving around, uh, I guess. You you can't really tell what he's doing, but there is, the guy that you're looking for is in there by himself. So, I think at this point I'm going to um, go to, not the front door that he entered in, but I noticed that there's, like, this random back doorway back of the warehouse um that's much darker and no one can see me entering so i decided to go through there and like slowly turn the handle and pop it open roll a sneaking around so what power tags could you add to that i am going to use my cybernetic lenses just to keep checking to make sure the guy's not moving okay let's go ahead um, and roll a, a sneak around with a plus one 
Nine. Nine? Okay. I pop open the door, creak it open just a little bit, and you start uh, you start sneaking in. Uh, but as you do, uh, you're so focused on him that you kind of miss just this pile of boxes, and your shoulder hits it, and it all kind of comes crashing down. Um, he turns around. He doesn't see you, uh, but he, uh, he kind of pulls out a gun from his jacket. Says, yo, uh, who's there? Silence. I, like, slowly grab my gun and start aiming it at him. Okay. Um, are you gonna take a shot at him, or what? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna align the sights, make sure that it's only on him, there's no one else around, and shoot him. Okay. Um, and as you, as you get ready to pull the trigger... Hey! Hey, Pedro! You can't really see anything, because that side of the warehouse is dark. Yo, man, what you want? Piece of crap. Hey, I know that you know some information and Jeremiah would really love it if you cooperated. Man, I don't know no Jeremiah. <laughs> oh, yes, you do. And then I kind of like start walking towards him. Do I see anyone on my way? <laughs> yeah, you totally don't. Uh, I just like bump into him and just walk straight past him. <laughs> yeah, you think him. it's just some boxes. Uh, Ren, this this very raucous uh, man, dressed like a cowboy, just plods right by you towards the guy that you're here to get. Dude, what are you doing? I'm trying to catch this Pedro guy. Can catch I help him! You? <laughs> I got my gun aimed at you. Get that out of my face! What do you think you're doing? I was here first. Away. This is not yours. Pedro's mine. You can have him later. That's what she said. Okay. <laughs> and, just turn around and, just... and you look and... Pedro is gone. And you see the front door just run through this swinging open. Uh, across the street, well, you should be. And right at that moment, the doors to your pub just swing open, and this dude in a hoodie and a gun just out, just bursts through the door, and uh, everybody just kind of looks at him, and he, he looks at everybody, and he says, uh, Yo, everybody on the ground, man! Everybody on the ground! Dear I, Lord, does I, no one see that I am trying to bring about justice here? I grab the gun that I've ha like I have in my side, and uh, I like hopping over the bar. What's the problem here? Yo, man, I told everybody to get down. I don't want to hurt anybody, but I will hurt somebody if I need to. Why don't you just tell me what the problem is? Yo, man, I got no time for no problems. He pulls the what's it called the hammer back. And he kind of levels it at Esther. At this moment, because he's still by the door, right? Mm -hmm. So at this moment, um, you notice a very small vine that comes in and just trips him. Roll a hit with all you've got. Okay. Um, mind control over nature, entangling vines. Okay, so plus two? Yeah. Okay. Uh, nine. Okay. Yeah, you uh, you snag his foot, you trip him, uh, and he falls to the ground. And uh, as he falls forward, I grab his gun. Okay, go ahead and roll a uh, <coughs> and take the risk. Okay, um, I'm gonna use my react before it happens. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's it. Okay. I got a 12. 
Yeah, so you <laughs> snatch the gun right out of his hand as he falls down. He kind of scrambles around, like, looking for who tripped him, and he obviously sees no one. Uh, and right at that moment, uh, two guys, one with a very futuristic-looking shotgun, and the other with just bare arms full of tattoos, kick in the door. You've got to be kidding me. I run up and I punch him in the face. (laughs) End of episode. Now allow me to thank everybody for listening to this first episode of Misconceptions. I'm still really excited. I hope you are too. I've never done something like this and uh, it's just exciting. It's exciting to think of the possibilities. I think we have a great cast of characters. Uh, I look forward to them uncovering more of the mystery and more of the story that is going to be happening in the city. And I hope you are excited for it too. Now, before I go any further, uh, I just want to apologize for the audio quality of this episode. It, It wasn't good. I think audio quality is probably the most important part of a podcast. You can have the best and most creative content, but if your audio quality isn't good, then you're not going to make it very far in the podcast world. This is my first time doing something like this. I was nervous. I had the first episode jitters. I was just so excited to get ready and do everything. I focused so much on getting everybody else's mics just perfect that I forgot to adjust the volume on my mic. And so I sounded like I was 16 feet away from the mic when I was not that many feet away from the mic. I promise to fix that in the future. I'm definitely going to turn up the volume to my mic. Everybody else sounded great, but I sounded like uh, the who on the speck of Horton's uh, clover. You know, it's like Dr. Seuss, and whatever. As for when you can expect the next episode, I plan on posting new episodes every Monday. I would say to set your clocks to it, but I'm not going to make that promise because, you know, sometimes life happens. Uh, Something could come at work, something could come up during my life, but I plan on posting a new episode every Monday, and you can look forward to that. We are a new show. Uh, I hope to be on iTunes within mm, probably 10 days to two weeks after this episode goes out, but until then... We rely very much on you sharing us. I hope that you liked us, and I hope that you'll share us with people that you think would like us too. Share us with role-playing groups you know. Share us with people that play City of Mist. Just just get our name out there, because we're, we're a new show. We don't have any promotional campaigns or anything like that. Really, the only way that we can get our name out is through word of mouth, and our listeners are going to help us a lot with that. So if you liked us, share us. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter to get updates about what we're doing and, you know, just see goofy stuff because we're a goofy group of kids. If you like City of Mist, and I hope you do, you can check out sonofoak.com. You can download the free starter set. Try it for yourself. It's a great system, like I said. Just go check it out for yourself. The music you heard at the beginning of this episode and we'll hear here in a little bit was composed by Aaron Wharton. If you like his music, check out more of it at AaronWharton.net. And that is all for today. And remember, a verb is an action word. It's something you do.